As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Bye, Green Room. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And you can share your experiences on the app. All you do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free on the iOS or Android app store. Create your profile, link your Twitter, and join a group. Check it out, you guys. Spotify Green Room. All right, guys. Welcome to our Pit Panther Rants. Another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host. Brought to you by the Sports Drink. Happy, uh, well actually it's 11.18pm here as, as I'm recording this. So, I don't know, happy hump day. Because, you know, hump day, you know, it's technically, you know, midnight. Past midnight over in the East Coast. So, and maybe I'm done with this. It's already going to be, you know, hump day. The NBA playoffs underway, as we'll get into that. Um, you know, I just saw the ending of the Suns and Clippers game. Clippers let one slip away. I mean, it, DeAndre Ayton made a hell of a play. Um, I mean, Clippers defended that inbounds as best as they could. I mean, it's just he made – they just made a hell of a play. I mean, hell, I mean, that was a hell of an inbounds pass. I mean, you couldn't get any better than that. I mean, as far as the defending goes, I mean, that's as good as you're going to get. So, it just happened to go in. Hope you hope for some of you listening, had a good Father's Day weekend. You know, my, I spent a little bit with my kids. Then, uh, you know, I went on, on, went on, you know, on a date. And then I uh, went to the mall to go walk around because it was raining outside. Well, it was going to rain. And... Inside this mall, there's an ice skating rink. And I sat and I looked at it, and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should go ice skating. And then I thought about it. I was like, I thought about lacing the skates up and stepping on the ice for the first time and trying to ice skate. And I was like, mm, no, I really probably shouldn't do this. I walked around for a bit. Mall was kind of eh. So um, I went back to the rink. Rented my skates. And I went on the rink. And and it was pretty bad initially. I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I was out there. Because it's been probably, let's see. Last time I played ice hockey was 29. I was 29 years old. 41 now. So it's been 12 years since I stepped on any type of a rink. And my knees started yelling at me. They started wondering what the hell my problem was. Why was I doing this? I skated a few laps. And of course you got people on that rink as well. Some are trying to be phys- you know, figure skaters. And they have no idea who's around them. And you have, other, you have you know, there's, a, there's a birthday party as well. So you got little kids trying to skate as well. And you're dealing with that. And 
I was hoping I was I was hoping I wasn't gonna fall, you know, and I didn't fall. Luckily, I had some moments. I mean, I was using those figure skates, which sucked as well. I guess they were physical. They were, I guess they were figure skates because I, I really wanted ice hockey skates, and they, they, that was no dice. And yeah, that's what happened. Uh, eventually, I got a little groove going, and well. My um, body started to catch up to me. My back was wondering what was going on. Eventually, though, I think I got a good, almost an hour in of ice skiing. I did pretty well. I mean, I took, I mean, I took breaks. I was sitting there wondering well, how, how was I managed to do this as a kid. But, you know, when you're a kid and you're ice skating, you're obviously going with your friends. And, you know, you're not, like, skiing, like, Constantly, like doing constant laps, consistent laps. Y'all are stopping. You guys are talking. You're joking around. You're making snowballs out of the ice shavings. You know, you're having fun. Or you're, you know, you're, there's an arcade inside, or there's, you know, there's food. Yeah, you know, this was, um, you know, for me, I had to go and just sit down and go on my phone and give updates on what the hell was going on with me. Uh, yeah, this was a you know different type of Father's Day uh, for me for a lot of things. I mean, uh, my grandfather I mentioned passed away at age nine, nine, nine years old. I had for forty two years of my life, and the guy lived a hell of a life, a full life. And um, I just remember going to visit him. With, you know, Johnstown as a kid, he'd always have a refrigerator full of Seven Up cans and. Of course, this past weekend, I went and bought a 12-pack of 7-Up, and I, you know, I went and had myself a glass and the toast, you know, because I really didn't feel like drinking at all, and I wasn't, you know, I just didn't feel like it, because drinking just throws me off for about, for about a week. But at the end of the day, I went, you know, I went, you know, the sadness for me wasn't there as much because, I mean, I was happy, you know, I knew he was ready to go and I was happy he left on his own terms. You know, he may have passed COVID, he got vaccinated, but, you know, it just, you know, I think he realized, you know, it was his time and because the guy always, you know, the guy always fought to stay on this planet and, you know, he did what we need to do to stay alive and to keep going in life. And that's, you know, I mean, you go, you know, things like that is what you can learn from people, you know, on, on living. You know, that's, that's, I mean, if there's one thing about death is we deal with it. If, if, you know, especially when you lose someone close to you is, you know, you wish you would have had more time with that person and, you know, I, you know, I had that with me, you know, with my friend who died two years ago. I, you know, and that's how I with a lot of people are, you know, our, our mothers, our, our mothers, our fathers, whoever else, friends, you, you wish you had more time with them. You know, you wish you had one more moment, one more conversation, everything. I mean, it's funny because my best friend appeared to me in February in a dream it was kind of odd because it happened right after the, the snowstorm in Houston that we had. And I woke up, I jumped, I woke up, it was still snowing in Houston. And for, but for some reason, the house, my, the house I was in was the house I lived, you know, I lived with my parents in Pittsburgh. And 
my truck was about to tip over, and it was my truck that I had when I was in high school, when, in college. I went to go tend to it, and when I opened up the um, garage, it was gone, and somebody was driving four-wheeling through all of it. They were going all up and down the street, and the per- the driver eventually stops and talks to this woman, and I'm trying to um, get to the car to see who it is and knock him out. Open the passenger door and it's him and he smiled at me and it was like we just saw each other the other week you know we were both happy to see each other and that was pretty much another my dream after that I mean I, I mean I did hop in the car with him you know people ask me did you drive off with him and I'm like no I didn't drive off with him I woke up and they said that's probably a good thing to drive off with him because that's usually a bad thing. And then, I mean, rest in peace, rest in peace, Pap. But let's get to some other things. A lot of, a lot of uh, pit happenings. Actually, um, June has been the month, has always been the month of pit football. Especially in recruiting. Pit, you know, landed four commits this month. Uh, let's see, on the weekend of, on the week of the 14th. Well, actually, you know, actually the 12th, from 12th and 19th, they landed four guys. They landed two players from New York, one from Georgia, one from Florida. Um, the first guy, obviously, was Jimmy Scott. He's a defensive lineman from uh, Hamburg, New York. Offer sheets. I mean, he had Boston College, Rutgers. Eh, not bad. But he had Tennessee and Arizona State as um, offers as well. I mean, those are you know this is from Panther twenty four Panthers twenty four seven site. So that's a pretty good offer sheet. The next guy he landed was Ryland Gandy. He's a quarterback. Offers included Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Auburn, Boston College, and Cincinnati. That's a pretty um, pretty solid offer sheet. The next guy, another New York kid from Buffalo, New York. Addison Copeland, wide receiver, 6'2", 190. Three-star, one of the top prospects in New York. He had Rutgers, Boston College, Buffalo, and BYU, which, you know, isn't too shabby. Um, and, of course, the last one, Jordan Bailey. Tampa, Florida, running back. Offer sheets included Arkansas State, Austin P, Bowling Green, and Buffalo. He's a... He's 5'11", 175, so he's, I think, judging by that, his build, he's going to be more of a pass-catching running back. I mean, he's a smaller, I mean, 5'11", isn't a bad height for a back. But at 175, he probably is going to be more of a pass-catcher type hybrid, seems like. Obviously, he's not going to be a, a smash-mouth running back. But a lot of these running backs, as you see now in the NFL, they uh, they run, but they catch a lot of passes. I mean, they line up. They, I mean, Le'Veon Bell was a was an example of that. I mean, we saw that. I mean, he caught plenty of passes. Now, Pitt basketball landed a uh, commitment as well, not without some uh, controversy. Uh, Jalen Hood-Shafina was supposed to visit Pitt, and Pitt supposedly canceled his visit. And obviously his uncle Drew, who played West Virginia, you know, Penn Hills, you know, obviously legend of Penn Hills and the Whippeal 
he has some words to say about it. Because supposedly Pitt was on top of Jalen's list. And Pitt canceled. I wasn't crazy about the, the canceling either. I was against it. Um, I just thought, you know, w- there's a lot of politics in recruiting. And I just feel that, you know, it could be bad for Pitt because people do get petty. And I'm thinking for someone of uh, as good as Jalen Hood-Shafino was as a recruit, I mean, how, you know, how highly ranked he was and things like that, I just thought it was a bad look to cancel a visit with him that the Pitt should have entertained you know, bring him here because his family was ready and they were still interested. But Pitt landed somebody who was actually interested in them and wanted to come play for them. And obviously, you know, from reading the articles, it was a really good visit that uh, Judah Mintz had. And that's the person they landed, actually, was Judah Mintz. Uh, top 100 player. I mean, he. I, that's one thing I was wondering. I was like, I, I really hope the staff knows what they're doing because – what we see recently shows me that they haven't, you know, that they don't know what they're doing. But maybe things are going on upward swing. I don't know. But, I mean, this is good. I mean, they 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 uh, showed me that they were wrong because I had people in my mentions saying, you know, do you think you know more than the staff? And I'm like, I, you know, obviously I don't. I just, based on what I've seen, this is not a good, you know, this, is what, this isn't good. But I don't mind being wrong. I like being wrong, and especially if it goes to the benefit of Pitt. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to eat crow on this. I mean, I'm not sure where it goes on for this, but it looks like, you know, the staff, after what's with the departures of things, you know, things are starting to look a little better for them, and hopefully it gets better because it needs to get better. And we want it to get better because we want to watch good basketball again. You know, we want to, you know, Playing the tournament, we want we want exciting games, exciting wins, just like the old days, and we just haven't had them. But kudos to Jeff Capel. Now I mentioned back in 2019, late 2019, the Pip football was building a culture, and that's what something Paul Zeiss hinted on in his article he wrote about how you know. He gave uh, credit to Heather Like in you know, the athletic department for sticking with Pat Narduzzi, because obviously the popular decision among, especially among social media, would be to fire the coach and get, you know and do, do it over again. But it seems like you know when I said 2019 when Pitt was landing a lot of these players, they weren't just landing you know guys with offer sheets for, with Stony Brook or Fordham, they were landing guys who had actual offers and not and and they were getting guys from all over the. The country. I mean, they were getting guys from. Uh, they were they were cracking the Georgia, Alabama, Florida. You know, they were getting guys. I mean, this past class. I mean, they got they got a player from Texas. I mean, in Austin of all places. So they're doing. You know, they're basically. You know, they're building relationships with with you know with the high with the high schools, and obviously they have a culture now where they're all on the same page with everything. Where they, they know what they need to, they need to do and get done, and they're do, and they're all to, they're they're you know in harmony basically. Because if there's one thing that hurt Pitt football for a good bit when Pender Doozy took over, is they didn't have a culture yet. He had the it takes years to build one. You you got to put one together, and he's he's done that. 
I mean, you can't just fire a guy after three or four years. Sometimes it takes longer to put a culture in. And it's, it's taken off. I mean, Dave Ornstead had a culture. And look what, I mean, he, he knew what he wanted. And that's why he was able to get the, you know, that's why he pulled the recruiting classes he was able to do. I mean, I know he, we didn't get the result like a, B, you know, like a BCS bowl game that we were hoping for. But we were, we were still a competitive uh, football team and we came close and we were still landing players. And he was, I mean, you can see, I mean, Dave Winstead was actually a really important hire for Pitt, more than we know, because the Big East plummeted. They lost Miami and Virginia Tech, two of the top programs. Boston College left. They had to replace them with Cincinnati, Louisville, and in South Florida. Those guys were from Conference USA, and, I mean, they were, they were decent programs in Conference USA, but... They weren't really name, you know, names that you know recruits can relate to. So it, you know, it's hard to sell a kid to play for Pitt, especially when uh, the Big East was in danger of going, you know, of losing his BCS bid because they're, you know, a lot, a lot of the Megan stuff they were railing against the Big East that they didn't want them having a, a you know an automatic bid and whatnot. But Dave, you know, was able to keep us above float. I mean, sure, he didn't win. He didn't get us to a BCS game, but he he kept us in the conversation in the Big East. And eventually, it just came it came crashing down. And of course, what happened after that? The way his the way his firing got carried carried out, you know, it fractured relationships with you know schools and recruiting territories. We bring in Mike Haywood. He gets fired too. He, he's barely there and he gets fired. Todd Graham is there for a year and bails. Paul Chris, he stayed for three years and, you know, he, you know, he kept us at six and six. But, you know, that's what Pat Narduzzi had to deal with. He had to deal with all that fallout from what happened from once that's firing to now, to, to then, when he was hired. He had to pretty much built everything. And not only that, we lost a lot of players due to transfers and whatnot. We had to we had to pretty much put that whole roster together. I mean it was almost like we gave us gave ourselves our own death penalty. And also, you know, Dave obviously didn't his when he got hired, he didn't start all that great. And as much as it pissed us off he had to deal with some things from Walt Harris's tenure. Uh, Walt landed some decent classes, but he had a lot of attrition. If you if you guys remember, he had a lot of guys. He you know there was one class I think it was Polka's class where a good bit of those guys didn't even they weren't even on the roster after after a year or two. I mean some didn't make it on on the campus, and he lost some key players too. I mean Tyree Young he lost him to. Um, uh, he, you know, he got kicked off the team. Monroe Weekly got kicked off. I mean, he, there were some key players that just uh, Roosevelt Bynes was one of them. I mean, he didn't get kicked off, but he transferred. I mean, he was if there's one, uh, if there was one player that was really missed on that 2003 team, it was it was Roosevelt Bynes. 
he was inconsistent as a pass catcher, but he was fast and he can get over over the middle and he, and, when, and, uh, and when he got opened and, and you know and actually caught the pass, he was a deadly target. But he, um, from what I remember, when he transferred and left Pitt, I talked to one of the. I remember emailing one of the guys who did the article when he went to transfer, and he said that Bynes wanted more playing time and more more of the football. Because what happened in 2002 is you had the emergence of Larry Fitzgerald. And when that happened, pretty much, that was pretty much it for Rosie Bynes. And of course, that Rod Rutherford punt throw where he got destroyed in Miami didn't, you know, I'm sure didn't help much either. But he had that to deal with. Um, with uh, Fitzgerald, you know, being the target next year for 2003. And of course, Prince L. Brockenborough was coming back. So, I mean,. And, you, and plus you had Chris Wilson. So, I mean, a lot of targets. and But he was definitely, definitely missed on that team for 2003. I mean, that's, you know, attrition hurt, hurt Walt's uh, tenure towards the end. Uh, the 2003 season really hurt. And, of course, the recruiting class of 2004 was, like the, was pretty much the nail in the coffin. Um because he had some um, really um, good recruits lined up, and they left them at the altar. Anthony Morelli, at the you know, in the final month, decides he wants to open his recruitment. Uh, Andrew Johnson, same thing. Those were two you know two two heralded players that were local. Uh, James Bryant was another one too. Um, he was a Pennsylvania kid, and he ended up going to Miami with uh, Andrew Johnson. Yeah, it's just Johnny Payton was another highly talented player, and he went to South Florida, and he was talented, but he didn't stay on the team for that long. He had a lot of uh, a lot of off-field issues. But let's take a break for a minute to talk you about the Kansas City State Company. They want to make this your best grilling season ever. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get fifty percent off your order and free shipping with. With code SD, that's Sugar Daddy at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime, hard to find special cuts and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. These are steakhouse quality steaks, aged to perfection. They make it so easy. Each order is flash frozen, delivered directly. Satisfaction guaranteed to order your money back. Enjoy their butter tender filet mignon, hearty Kansas City strip steaks, and savory ribeyes. It's been a hard year, so enjoy being together again by bringing the steakhouse to your house with KansasCitySteaks.com. Go there now and get 15% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's SD as in Sugar Daddy at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. All right, guys, we're returning back. Um, NBA playoffs are underway as we've seen that going. Um, you know, I saw th- some things where people were talking about the current state of the NBA playoffs. Um, you have the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, playing the um, Milwaukee Bucks. You got the Clippers of LA playing the Phoenix Suns, and some people were saying this is not good for the league because you know we're supposed to have LeBron, we're supposed to have KD, we're supposed to have Curry. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, if I looked, I looked at the thing, and we still have Kawhi Leonard. We have 
Paul George, I know he's playoff P, you know. But we have we have um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and of course we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and we have um, obviously Trey Young. I mean, there's some. I to me, this is a good thing that they're having this type of playoff because you don't want Curry, KD. All those, you know, LeBron, you want the same people in the, in the semifinals or finals all the time because what happens is you get these, you get these scenarios where people leave their, their team that go play on quote-unquote super teams. You want to keep the league checked and balanced. You want to have, like, this is good. You, you're getting, because if, if players see the Milwaukee can get, get to the finals or Atlanta can get to the finals, then they can go to those destinations instead of following all these other superstars around. Same with Phoenix and the you know and the Clippers. Although Clippers have had their share of stars. I mean, they had Blake, they had Chris Paul on one team. Uh, the, um, yeah. Let's not forget DeAndre Ayton of Phoenix as well. I forgot to mention him. He had a hell of a hell of a, hell of a game-winning dunk. He's not. He's a He's a star. He's a rising star. Is at that. I mean, you could have had the Sixers as well. I mean, Sixers would have helped because you're getting the Philly TV market in there. But, I mean, Doc Rivers is going to... Doc Rivers, I mean... Parva isn't his fault as well, but... Ben Simmons, I mean, the guy's basically a... You know, he's a just... I don't know, he just... Uh, he's a point guard, but he just, you know... He, he's very limited what he can do. I mean, he's more of a... I guess you could say he's more of a game manager sometimes. I mean, he's he put, he gets his numbers. I mean, I gave Giannis Antetokounmpo a, a bunch of shit when they, when they were down two games and none to the Nets. I said that you know the net I said the, the Bucks aren't gonna get, get done with Giannis because Giannis is a singles hitter. I was like Pete Rose was a singles hitter. I was like, but he had Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan, Dave Concepcion. You know, he had plenty of guys around him. I was like, Giannis is just a singles hitter. He hasn't had much. But I give him lots of credit. They they hunkered down and they won in seven. I mean, people are gonna blame like you know on Kyrie's injury. Yeah, it was a bad injury, and it may have turned the tide of the series. But they still had those games to play, and then that's one did end up winning a game. And you know they had a chance at the at the end as well. I mean, Katie was unstoppable. You know, one little uh, a few little inches, and you know. He has a three instead of a two at the end. Hockey's underway, and of course Vegas is down three to none, which is satisfying lots of uh, Mark Andre Fleury haters. I don't understand what the issue is with Mark Andre Fleury. I know I read about how, how he performed bad between the 2010-2015 playoffs those years. I mean, the, the the way people act like this is if this guy, you know, he left for more money or he, you know, he was like a prima donna or he, or he had, or he banged, you know, he was banging everybody's girlfriend in Pittsburgh. I mean, people are like really taking pleasure in this guy failing. And meanwhile, the Penguins can't get out of the opening round. They haven't been the same since. I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, if they had the flower, I don't think they would be any better, but. You know, I mean, look at that. Look at the atrocities with their goaltending this past year. I mean, couldn't stand Flurry. They love Matt Murray. Couldn't stand Matt Murray. 
They got they got Tristan Jerry and now they hate they hate they want a goaltender now. I mean the Pens are pretty much. I mean if they really want to get. I mean if they want to improve their goaltending situation, uh, you got Crosby and Malkin, and you know they're almost you know they're in their thirties, and of course their their careers are about to come to an end here in a few years, or you know depending on when their boy, how long their boys can hold up. They're probably gonna have to go out to the market and sign a goaltender. Probably. Hopefully, they can find a goaltender who wants to win a cup, maybe, and he, you know, they're gonna have to go to the market and bring somebody in. It looks like because I don't think I don't think they have the the patience to draft somebody and groom him, unless he's a really talented goaltender. I mean, if he's like a Hasek, but I don't know. It's all weird to me. Now, John Rom had a, had a redemption for him. He was. He won the U.S. Open after uh, having the having been, having been disqualified because he tested positive for COVID in the one the other tournament, which was kind of weird because I thought you know why don't they just let him finish that tournament alone, with vaccinate people and you know it, it could be just him. You know, make some you know arrangements for him to finish that tournament, but you know some people say you know what about the other golfers because you know if he's golfing by himself it gives him an unfair advantage and. You know that's that, that's that's a point. I mean, it's a slippery slope to make these things. But Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns tested positive for COVID as well, and he's out right now. But I know people had their own beliefs with the vaccine and this and that. But if I'm a millionaire athlete and I have money or a championship on the line, I'm probably going to get vaccinated to cover my ass. I know that I know the vaccine doesn't totally protect you from COVID. I mean, let, I mean, you may get it, but it lessens the blow by good by a big margin. But I mean, if I'm an athlete, I'm doing that to cover my ass, regardless. I know people have their own beliefs about masks and whatnot. That's a whole other conversation, and along with that, and I'm not going to get into it. So I'll leave it at that. But personally, I'm doing what I can to cover all my bases. You know, for me, I have you know personally. I got three kids. I'm a, I got vaccinated. But for one, for one thing, my company was offering the vaccine, and initially I didn't want the vaccine because, not because of my beliefs. I just felt that the vaccine needed to go to people who really needed it, the ones who worked in the hospitals, in the front lines, and patients at that. But, but they were like, um, yeah, you might want to get this now because it's, it's going to be a pain in the ass for you to get it as time goes along and you might also get it while it's really available so that I did I went and I got it the first time I got it wasn't so bad the second shot was horrible I mean I just felt lazy for a few days and I felt better after that and not too long you know I got better but anyways guys I'm gonna leave it here I'll let you back some of your time that's 30 minutes how to pit guys talk to you later some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.